0: Cool. Well, hey, this morning, uh, we're going to be a little interactive at, uh, here in a little bit. And I want to talk about something that's really important, uh, not just to me, but I believe uh, to you as well. I believe it's one of the things that is uh, most fundamental for us in our pursuit of Jesus and our relationship with Jesus. And that is, uh, call it what you want, a quiet time. That is... a. Uh, time with jesus that 's a God time, a devo i don 't know what do you call it? do you know what i 'm talking about when you just pray and you get what do you call it? What do you call it God time, God time, God time quiet time see you, it, you know you can call it whatever you want, but the point is this idea of spending time with Jesus each day, th- this idea that we have the opportunity to actually commune, to actually talk to actually have conversation. With God. And so Matthew 6, 6, real quick. I just want to read this. Uh, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. This is Jesus talking. He says, when you pray, hey, take time to actually go get away, get into your room alone to pray. And then look what he says. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Everybody say reward. Jesus is actually saying that when we get alone to be with God, he will give us rewards. He will actually... There are gifts and there are things available to us. Gifts from God. How many of you guys like gifts? Anybody like getting gifts? How many of you guys like when, when you get a reward of some kind? Anybody like rewards? Yeah. There are actually rewards available to you if we go get alone and spend time with God. And so I just... I love that idea. And so that's, a, that's one of those promises in the Bible that you can just stand on. When God says he wants to give you a reward... Just say yes and amen. I'll take it. It, Because the gifts of God, those are good gifts. And so so I want to talk about this idea of getting alone to spend time with Jesus today. Last night, th- th- this is uh, I-, I thought Pastor Brandon did a great job of setting up where you are at. And that this thing is not uh, for later in your life, where maybe one day when you're 24, or 25, or when, you're, when you have a family, that that's when it's time to really get serious about God. No, 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 no. The way, when we see in Scripture, actually it's in this moment right here at your age right now that you set the foundation for the rest of your life. And it's actually the thing that sets you up to be successful the rest of your life are the decisions you're making right now. And so this is available to you. And do you know that I just think when I read the Bible and when I look throughout Christian history, that I think some of God's favorite people are under 20 years old. Anybody under 20 years old in here? You are some of God's favorite people. I'm just telling you, he loves to work in teenagers. He loves to reveal himself to young people. And it's it's in these years that you're setting up this foundation for encountering God. And so he's available to us. And it's not just for later. It's not just for when you get older. And so uh, one of my favorite authors, he wrote a little, uh, a little devotional called My Utmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers. And uh, so that's something that can be a good resource too. He says this, it's impossible to conduct your life as a disciple without definite times of secret prayer. It's impossible to conduct your life as a disciple without definite times of secret or solitary or private prayer. And what what he's saying here is this idea that, listen, this whole deal we got with Jesus, this is relationship. And if we're going to have a relationship, then we better talk to him. And we better spend time with him. And that we actually do become like the ones that we spend time with. And if we have the invitation to spend time with Jesus, then we should probably actually do that. And Isaiah uh, 55, verse 1 says, Come to me, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come. You who are thirsty, you who are hungry, come. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he he is near. Come to me, all who are thirsty. Okay, so I don't know if you guys know this about me, but uh, I like to drink Coke. Do we have any Coke fans in here? Yes. Oh, the chosen, the elect right there. Any Pepsi fans? Any Pepsi fans? Oh, reprobate. Okay, Uh, just joking. Okay, Uh, yeah. I love that very few of you raise your hands for Pepsi fans. That just shows the presence of God is already resting on this room. It's just, it's so evident. I heard Dr. Pepper, you must have grown up in the South. Root beer, all right, all right. Is there anybody who does not like soda? Colorado. Colorado. So I like to drink Coke. I don't know why. It started very young. I have this... It maybe is an addiction. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I drink it all the time. Uh, it's, it's kind of when I wake up... It's, there is nothing better. I remember when I was like, uh, who knows, 13, 14. Uh, we would have um, breakfast with God is what we called it. And it some of my youth group guys, some of my buddies, we'd get together together. Uh, Two times, once we'd get together on a Monday morning before school, it's like 5.30 in the morning, we'd go to McDonald's and just to read the Bible, pray together, and then go to school. And then we'd go every Sunday morning before church, and we'd go to Denny's, uh, and, we would, and we'd uh, hang out and talk about God, okay? And so they thought I was so weird because it was like 5.30 in the morning. How many of you know that, that is an ungodly hour? Right, 5.30 in the morning, and, and I was up, and when I get McDonald's breakfast, eat, orange juice, puke, Coke, That's where it's at. When we would go to Denny's every Sunday morning, right? Sunday mornings were a little later, right? But it's probably 8 o'clock in the morning. And I would get every Sunday morning Coke and a banana split. I'm just telling you, 8 a.m., Coke and a banana split, and I was like, let's talk about Jesus. And it was just, but I just, so I got this weird thing with Coke, right? And I just drink it, it's just, it's just what I do, it's my beverage, it's what I have. Diff- I can tell you the good restaurants, like, with good Coke, and the restaurants with bad Coke. Uh, if, if you go out, if we go out to eat, this is a common question. Would you like something to drink? Do you have Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi, I'll take something else. You know, like, and, and I actually, I don't know why. Like when I know restaurants have Pepsi products, I will specifically ask Coke or Pepsi and they'll say Pepsi. And then I'll order a water because I want them to know that I am rebelling against their Pepsi. I am revolting against the fact that they have Pepsi. And so this is just what it is. Uh, it's, it's probably, uh, it's probably some family curses. I don't know. My grandma was addicted to Coke. My sister got me on it. And so it's just where we're at today. And I just developed this taste for it. And, and the secret thing is I actually, not only do I love Coke, I kind of hate water. Water, I don't understand it. Do you know what water is incredible for? Water is so amazing because it freezes and it keeps my Coke cold. And that is so good. It's so great like that. And I just, I, 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 love, I love the way Coke tastes. I love the way it burns. I love all the stuff about it, right? And uh, I love it when in a glass with ice. I like it. When, I mean, there's all different kinds you can drink. It's just so good. But one, one year, I, I didn't mean for it to be a year. I just, uh, at, at one point in my life, I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start drinking water. And, and I hate this stuff. And I'm, I don't know why, but I think it's probably because I was about to get married. And I was like, whew, you know, like time to work out and drink some water. And, and I started drinking water. And, 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 and I, I, I was like, okay, I'm just not going to drink Coke. So I went for a week. And I went for two weeks. And I made it for months and I hadn't drank any Coke. And then this weird thing started happening. I started to crave water. It was so weird. I was like, I had to repent before the Lord, I felt like. It was like part of my identity had been taken from me. I started to crave water. I started to want water. It's, I would wake up and I'd be thirsty for water. And I'd go to eat and I would be like, oh, I want some Water. And I was like, you know, I'd ask the waitress, do you have water or water? You know, and like, and so that's what I, that's what I started to drink. And then we got to about Thanksgiving time and, and we went to uh, my mother-in-law's house or my future mother-in-law's house. And, and she was just so kind, so sweet. She knew that I loved Coke. And so she had a refrigerator stocked with Coke. And I opened and I was like, "Ah." and I said, there is no temptation that it sees you. That Jesus is not with you. And he can get you through it. And I saw he said. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And I said this must be a good and perfect gift. So I cracked open that coke. And I poured it over ice. What water is made to be for. And I drank it. And it was weird. It was. It was sweet and sugary. and, And thick. And fizzy. And I was just like what is this is not what i hadn't drank it for so long and i had actually the, the taste that i had developed my entire life now it kind of tasted strange and weird to me it was it was interesting cuz i was actually craving something that was good for me rather than craving something that was bad for me <laughs> and then i began to and so i was like oh this is strange now don't worry i know you're worried i've 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 rebuilt up the taste for it. I'm back. We're good now. But here's the point. Yes, yeah. But here's the point. The point is that we begin to crave that which we consume. We begin to actually desire that which we consume, that which we feast on. We begin to want that which we consume with our eyes or with our mouth, that which we consume with our ears. Those things we actually start to have a longing for. We start to desire them. And so for years I had trained myself to long for Coke. I had trained myself to desire the taste of Coke and to desire that. And there's certain foods that I have to have a Coke with and there's certain times. I went to the dentist and she was like, when do you, you know, do you drink a lot of soda? And I was like, well, maybe. And she was like, when? And I was like, and I was like seasonally. And She was like, what season? I was like, football season, basketball season, Christmas season, Thanksgiving season. If it's a season, I drink Coke, you know? And so, but I began to, I developed a taste for that. But then I began to develop this longing for water. I want to tell you today that if we will spend time with Jesus purposeful time with Jesus, at first it might seem strange, it might seem difficult but in time, you will actually begin to develop a craving and a longing to be with Jesus and it is the thing that will actually sustain you for the rest of your life and if you want to, I'm just telling you, if you want to follow Jesus when you're Pastor Brandon's age if you want to follow Jesus, when you have a family, if you want to follow Jesus, I'm just telling you, this is one of those things that if you will get this now, it will set you up for, I met Pastor Brandon today, he's like two, three years older than you. It, this sets you up for success for the rest of your life. This sets you up for success because what it does is it gets you to begin to crave Jesus. And he is actually the one that sustains us. He's actually the one that, that is good for us. He's actually the one that gives us strength and hope and peace and joy. And that cannot be found in the world. It cannot be found by other things. We try, but all everything that we try and we feast on in the world, it's this false gratification. But Jesus says, no, 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 I have rewards for you. Heavenly gifts, gifts from heaven that I will give you. Come spend time with me. He wants to spend time with you. And so I, I, I want to just encourage you that I believe that what we're going to do here in a minute, in just a little bit, we're going to actually do this, where we take time to spend time with Jesus, to, to begin to, to work this muscle a little bit and begin to do this uh, here together this morning in the hopes that you begin to do this throughout your week. And he's saying, come on, come to me all who are thirsty. I, I'm I'm available. I don't care what you bring. I don't care if you got money. I don't care if you have resources. I don't care what you bring to the table. Seek me out while I can be found. I'm available to you. So we have a God who is available to us. He actually wants to be found by us. He invites us in to spend time with him. And he actually wants us to find him. Jeremiah 9, 13... And 14, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. There's another promise. I will be found by you. God says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I will be found by you. We can find him. So when we wake up, and we're like, oh, I just feel like God's so distant. and He's so far. He's, so, he's just not close to me. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm here. I'm available. I'm ready to encounter you. I'm ready to meet with you. Seek me. Find me. And live. He's available and he promises that we will be found by him. I love these verses because they're this invitation to spend time with God. We're here this weekend at Coram Deo. Coram Deo means the presence of God. And, and the presence of God is not restricted to this weekend when we get away to the mountains. The presence of God is available to us day in and day out. I love talking about this idea, right? We have the, the, the Old Testament, you have the, the Holy of Holies, you have the temple, and, and, the Holy of Holies is 15 foot by 15 foot room where only the high priest would go. This is the place where God's presence dwelt. This is the place where, where once a year a human being could go and encounter God and could walk in. He had to go through all these rituals. He got to go through all this cleansing, all this stuff. And order to go encounter God. Because God was holy, and and people were not, and so it wasn't free, available to everybody. And yet... In Hebrews, we can read, that the, the author of Hebrews writes that when Jesus, when, when he died, and we have this in the Gospels, that the veil that separated Okay, let me slow down. Okay, so the Holy of Holies, Temple of God, right? So you got the outer courts, the inner courts, the Holy of Holies, a brazen altar's in there. you got all this stuff, right? So the Holy of Holies, this square room, 15 foot by 15 foot, this is the presence of God. And you could slowly get close as you would get closer and closer, fewer and f- fewer people could get there. Until you actually got to the place where God's presence was and only one person could go there one time a year. Okay, so the presence of God, we take it for granted that we can call this Coram Deo and that we can have the presence of God whenever we want. But but it's not been available to everybody at all times. I mean, and, and so the presence of God was once a year, one time, one person. And yet when Jesus died says, the veil, there was, a, there was a veil, a big, huge curtain. It was like six inches thick, uh, made of velvet or something, and it was ripped from top to bottom. Okay, top to bottom. It was taller than any person. There was no ladder next to it. There was no power team that could rip phone books in half. It was just, it, so no human being could do this. And it was ripped from top to bottom. And it was this picture that when Jesus died, he was the propitiation. He was the one that paid the price so that all could have the presence of God at all times. So we have this invitation that we, don't, we should, oh, to not take it for granted. Oh, when we come up and we get away and we sing these songs, and as soon as we sing these songs, we just feel this presence of God. And as soon as we can, can wake up in the morning, we can talk to him, and we can be in his presence, and his presence is everywhere, and it's with us all the time. Oh, to not take that for granted. And he's like, I'm available to you. And so when we're here at Coram Deo, know that we are specifically taking time to enter into the presence of God, but... This is not the only time it's available to us at all times. And God actually wants to be caught and found by us. So this is uh, a funny example maybe, but um, how many of you guys played this uh, game when you were little kids? Uh, Freeze tag? Anybody play freeze tag? Yes, good, good, good. Did anybody play a variation of freeze tag called kiss tag? Anybody play kiss tag? Yeah, some of us need to repent before the Lord. I don't need to tell you the rules of the game. Just take the name. It's called Kiss Tag. Uh, when Amy and I were in our uh, getting to know each other season of life, uh, she, she said some things that I would often turn into jokes. That still happens. Um, and, uh, and so uh, I, can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be Amy. She has to feel that everything she says... It's potential for me to make a joke about it. She just at, at all times, it's, anyway, that's just, I can't help it. I don't know if you know this about me. I have this thing, I call it diarrhea of the joke mouth. If I see a joke, I can't help but make it. And so, like, even sitting up here today, right? Like, if one of you will get, will understand the joke that I'm about to make, then I'm like, that's even richer. That's even better, and I don't know why. Like so, like inside jokes. So I, I and I can't help it. And I'll be in like these serious, like this moment right here. I'll be in these serious moments, and a joke will come into my mind. I'll be like, "That's this is not the time." And it'll come out my mouth, and I'll be like, "Oops." <laughs> and I, and I'll do it only for the entertainment of one person. And I actually sometimes even if I'm the only one that gets it, I'm like, <laughs> 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 anyway. So Amy, as a kid, uh, she played this game, kiss tag. And uh, she was pretty proud of how good she was. And I remember one time she was talking to Stephen and I. You guys know Stephen Davis, right? Yeah. She was talking to Stephen and I. And she was like, oh, yeah, I played Kiss Tag. No one could catch me. I was pretty fast. Friends, the point of Kiss Tag is to get caught. Right? Just listen to the name. You're playing that because you want to get caught. And she was like, no one could catch me. I was pretty fast. And and I'm so grateful for that as her husband. But (laughs) the point of this pursuit of God is that he wants to get caught. He wants us to find him. He wants us to seek him and, and he promises that we will find him. And so he is available to each one of us. So one of the reasons that we spend time with God, okay, is because he is available to us. Like, I mean, just how crazy is that? Like, God is available to us. Uh, we are in a culture so fascinated with like fame and so fascinated with celebrity. And, and if I want you to imagine, if like, who's your okay, celebrity right now, favorite celebrity? Shman Revershman? Yeah. You, who, you got a celebrity friend right now? How many of you guys are football fans? How many of you guys are Bronco fans? Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning, I, ooh. <laughs> so, see, see, like I'm, it, we're just the way we're made is is if like those kind of people, if they want to hang out with us, very rarely are we like, oh no. If Peyton Manning was to come in here and come up and be like, hey dudes, hey Victor, we want to go grab some coffee? Uh, you'd probably be like, no. <laughs> you know, But, but you know, I mean, listen, Peyton Manning, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, whether you like him or not, you have to admit he's at least one of the smartest of all time. If he was to walk in this room, anybody play football, anybody play football. If he was to walk in this room and say, like Braden, hey, I want to teach you something about football. Braden would probably be like, oh, okay, I'm a little busy right now. Uh, but maybe in like a couple weeks, no, 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 he'd be like, yeah, okay, okay. I, Hey, Peyton, Peyton, go ahead and come on in. I have Peyton Manning here. No, I don't have Peyton Manning <laughs> That would have been pretty good though. We have the God of the ages who is saying, I want to talk with you. I want to teach you. He said, you know, teach me your ways that I may walk in your truth. He wants to reveal himself to us. And we so often treat it like it's nothing. No, 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 no. It's a big deal. And he's available to us. So one, God's available. That in and of itself should be reason for us to say, okay, I'm in. I'm going to have God time, quiet time, Jesus time, devo time, whatever kind of time you call it. But the other one I want to say is that we actually really need this. This is the fuel for us. This is the, the part of our life that is absolutely important that we get to know Jesus. And I love uh, Paul. Paul writes in Second Corinthians four sixteen. He says, "Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away; inwardly we are being renewed day by day." Paul says, "Though even though I'm dying on the outside, Paul, this is towards the end of his life, he's like, I'm getting older, I'm getting fatter, I so relate to Paul right here. I'm getting blinder, I'm getting all these things, you know? And he's like, I'm not as good as an athlete as I used to be. You guys don't understand this yet. You may one day. 30's coming. Anyway. And he's like, outwardly, I am wasting away, but inwardly, I'm being renewed every day. See, listen. As we age, we are not actually getting closer to death. We are getting closer to Jesus. And as we age, we, are, we get to know him more and more and more. And it's by spending time with him. Paul says, but inwardly, I'm being renewed every day, day by day. Here's Paul. He says, no matter what's happening on the outward circumstances, right? And listen to what he's talking about. He's like, hey, boys, ladies, I've been shipwrecked. I have floated in the ocean overnight, I've been bitten by snakes. I've been stoned. I've been beaten like st- I've been like beat up and left for dead. He said, he said, I've gone through some stuff. Outwardly, I may be wasting away, but inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day. Do you know what else he could have said? He said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I've written two-thirds of the New Testament. I've preached in front of thousands. I've planted churches. I'm a great leader and disciple, but that is not the thing that sustains me. The thing that sustains me is that inwardly I'm being renewed in God every day. So Paul says in good days and in bad days, it's not about my success or my failure. That's not where I get my life. I get my life from the source of life. And I get to spend time with him every day. Do you know that Jesus did this? Jesus, if there was anybody who we would think had the excuse to not get alone with God, the Father, it would be Jesus, right? Yet Jesus... Got alone to pray. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place to pray. Multiple times, Jesus left his boys. He left the disciples, and he said, I got to go get alone with Jesus, or with with the Father. He is always alone with Jesus. Anyway, (laughs) I got to go get alone with the Father. We need this. This is actually something that is in us. This idea of solitude, right, actually getting alone, this is getting away from the hustle and bustle of life. It's stilling our heart before God. This is the place that we draw our strength for all other aspects of life. I want to read a little bit about uh, this idea of why it's so important for us to get alone. Okay, and then we're going to do this. We're, gonna, we're in a big room with, with a lot of people, but we're going to get alone with Jesus for a little bit. And, and, and part of why we so need this is this idea of inner chaos. We have this inner chaos going on within us. That There's these worries, there's these, the, there's these wants, there's these things. That we're, we're, we're concerned and, and, and there's just so much going on in life. And, and, and it's hard to actually sit and be still. And so, because when we get quiet, when we get alone, a lot of times that's when all of our fears come up. That's when all of our insecurities come up. And when we're actually alone, that's when we start to feel and we, all of our weaknesses and all that stuff that we don't like about ourselves. We start to re- so we try to busy ourselves with so many other things in order to distract us. And God's saying, no, no, no. Those things within you, I want to come and redeem them. I want to come and bring healing. And rather than healing, we put a band-aid on it and we pretend like everything's okay. And God's like, no, I want to come and heal you. But in order to do that, you got to pull away from all the distractions. You got to pull away from all the crutches that you're leaning on. And I want to reveal myself to you. So this is this is a, a portion uh, written for, by a book by a name... Uh, by a guy named Henry Allen, He says this, as soon as we are alone, inner chaos opens up in us. And I just want you, this may not be true for all of you, but I think there's many of us that can relate with this. This chaos can be so disturbing and so confusing that we can hardly wait to get busy again. Entering a private room sh- and shutting the door, therefore, does not mean that we immediately shut out all the inner doubts, anxieties, fears, Bad memories, unresolved conflicts, angry feelings, and impulsive desires. On the contrary, when we have removed our other distractions, we often find that our inner distractions manifest themselves to us in full force. We often use outer distractions to shield ourselves from interior noise. This makes the discipline of getting alone with Jesus all the more important. All the more important. I just want to read that list again that so many of us, I think, feel. Inner doubts. Anxieties, fear, bad memories, unresolved conflicts, angry feelings, impulsive desires. These are things that Jesus wants to heal in us. He wants to come and bring restoration and redemption. But so often when we have anxiety, when we have fear, when we have doubts, when we have past conflict that we remember, when we have past memories that hurt us, we just try to cover them up and pretend that they're not there. But getting alone with Jesus, sometimes it's hard, but he's like, no, 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 no. you're going to feel those things. But guess what? I'm coming to give you life and life to the full. And so what that means is I will heal those things, but I am the source of your healing. Not all these other busyness, these other things that we do to cover that up. So he's inviting us into being healed by him. Real quick, I want to say that there's a difference. Jesus often got away to lonely places or to solitary places to pray. And I just want to say that there's a difference between solitude and loneliness. There's a difference between solitude and loneliness. Uh, Loneliness, if you feel lonely or or if you're... Loneliness is is, uh, this idea of inner emptiness. But solitude is inner fulfillment. Because when you're lonely, it means that when you're by yourself, you feel empty and you just have to fill it with everything else. But when you're, but in the idea of solitude, when you're alone with Jesus, it's the idea that he fills you and you are completely content in him so that whether you're with people or not with people, you're okay. Whether you are busy or not busy, you're okay because Jesus is your source. I'm not saying we all need to be a bunch of lonely people. I'm saying we need to be a bunch of people that are okay and good and we find our source in being alone with Jesus and that he is our actual source. Okay, let's do this for a little bit. Is that okay? We're going to do this for a little bit. Nico, if if you can run up here. I don't know if Nico's in here. Does does everybody have a pen or a pencil of some kind? Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at a friend and be like, hey, can I borrow a pen? If you don't have a pen. All right, DLA, if you want to go ahead and pass out the papers that you have in your hand. If you have a journal, you can use a journal. Uh, If you don't, then we've just given you this piece of paper. We're going to walk through this a little bit together today, and we're going to have you write as you spend time with Jesus. We're going to spend time with Jesus over these next few moments together, and we're just going to do this. and uh, And for those of you that are using a journal or writing it down, let me just tell you, uh, let me let me talk to all the dudes real quick, okay, dudes. Um, A journal, and I've said this before, a journal is not a diary. All right, okay. So I have a journal. It is not a diary. In my journal, I never talk to me about me. All right? In my journal, I never inform myself how I feel or felt about yesterday or tomorrow. In my journal, what I'm doing is I am writing down prayers to Jesus. And I am sometimes also writing down what I feel Jesus is saying to me. So it's always conversation and dialogue. But actually by writing it down, it slows my brain down long enough to actually process it. And it allows me to, there's just something cognitive that happens when it goes from your mind. And, and you to go to your hand and you write it down. It becomes more concrete. It becomes more solid. You can, it's like, no, this is like, I really believe this. Also, you can, you can revisit it later, okay? So writing it down, I think, is very important. It's very, very important for us to write it down. But this is not a diary, okay? So don't worry about that. You won't say, dear diary. You'll say, Jesus, comma. And you'll start talking to Jesus. Okay, so we're going to walk through this. There's six different things. And listen, I think as you develop spending time with God, spending time with Jesus, God time, quiet time, Devo time, tag, whatever you want to call it, there's a few things that are really important. One, I think it's important that you to figure out a time that you want to do it, a place that you want to spend time with Jesus and then having a plan. And so this is a plan we're going to walk through. This is just an easy, and you can keep this. You can write on it today, but you can keep this. Uh, and, and this can be something that helps you as you develop your, your plan of how you spend time with the Lord. And So this doesn't have to be your plan, but I encourage you to have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, it's always good to use somebody else's plan. And there's lots of good plans, okay? So first, let's just say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you again. We're so grateful for your presence that you are here. Jesus, it's such a high honor and privilege. You are a reward in and of yourself, the reward of spending time with you, the reward that you are available to us. It should be mind-blowing to us. So Jesus, I thank you that you have made yourself available. And we come before you today to worship you, to hear from you, to have conversation with you. So Jesus, I ask that you would give us ears to hear. I thank you that you are the God that speaks today and that your people hear your voice and obey you. So we want to hear you today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do your favorite thing this morning in revealing Jesus. The thing that you love to do the most. Reveal Jesus to us. I ask that you will do that. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a couple minutes, and and on your piece of paper, it just says worship. So this just says, who is God? And so you can read the Psalm 115, not to us, not to us, but to your name be glory because of your love and faithfulness. That's a great verse, but but I just want you to take a little bit of time. And I want you just to think about who is God. And this, what this is doing, this is getting your eyes off of yourself and onto him. It's getting your eyes off of who you are and onto who he is. It's shutting out the busyness of the world. And it's saying, okay, God, I remember who you are. And so worship, oftentimes we think of worship as coming together to sing. And that certainly is worship. But also you can worship just with your words. You can worship as you write down attributes of God. And you're just bringing Him glory and honor. So I'm going to just take the next couple minutes and just start writing out. It can be names of God. It's been how, it can be how He reveals Himself to you. But just start thinking on who God is. And you don't have to start writing immediately. You can, you can just sit and just think on Him for a little bit. And then start writing those things down. But at some point, I encourage you to actually write down, Jesus, you are good. Jesus, you are perfect. You reveal yourself to me. Jesus, you're my redeemer. Jesus, you're my friend. So just take a couple moments and just worship the Lord. Now just don't go, don't move on past this first part that just says worship. This isn't a test, it's not a quiz, you're not trying to get done quickly. Just in this first little part, let's just begin. God, reveal yourself to me. Who are you? I wanna say who you are. I wanna worship you. Just a couple more minutes. This next one, number two, it says, identity. Who is it that God says that I am? I just, 1 John 3, verse one, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Sometimes I just, I need to be reminded by God how he sees me. I need God to tell me, how he views me because it's easy for me to view myself certain ways or view myself based on how other people see me. It's easy to forget who I am in Jesus. And I start to get caught up in the rat race of comparing myself to others, defining my success or my life by success or my failures. So let's just let God remind us who he sees us to be. So just ask him, God, how do you see me? What is it that, tell me you love me again. Tell me, what is it about me that you are so excited about? And he's excited and he loves each one of you. And some of you, maybe you don't even, you haven't recognized that yet. And So this is a great time to just ask Jesus, tell me you love me. Tell me who I am in you. I'm a son, I'm a daughter. What does that mean? I'm forgiven, I'm redeemed. So I just wanna invite you just to close your eyes and just ask him, Jesus. Remind me again today who I am in you. haven't already, just begin to write down some of those phrases that you hear or that you feel that God is saying, how He sees you, what it is He likes about you because He likes you. He enjoys you. He delights in you. Ask him to help you believe what he's saying about you. That you would see yourself as he sees you. this morning that we would be those that know how you view us, that we would rejoice in your rejoicing over us, that we would know that we are sons, that we are daughters, that we are accepted and redeemed, that we are loved by you, that you enjoy us. May we view ourselves through your perspective, not through the world's, not even through our own, but through your perspective. May that be how we see ourselves. Chosen, set apart, highly favored, delighted in. Okay. The third one just says gratitude. So this is acknowledging your appreciation for the Lord or to the Lord for his care and protection for you and who he is. So I believe that gratitude is the soil in which relationship grows or the soil in which love grows. And even in the scripture, we see that the thing that kept the Israelites in the desert for 40 years was their grumbling. It was their complaining. And and we have here that this verse here in 1 Thessalonians, that being thankful at all times is actually God's will for you. It's his desire for you that we would be people with thankful hearts. God has given us good gifts. and, And when someone gives you a good gift, the right response is to have gratitude. So... We want to take a little bit of time and just thank the Lord for the gifts that he's given or the provision that he's provided, the presence of his nearness, his sustaining us. And so what I want to encourage you to do is each day, today is day one, but every day when you do this, come up with three different things, different things from the day before that you can be grateful for. So today I want you to come up with three things and just thank him, just write, Jesus, thank you. And you fill in the blank. Thank you for my, that you provided for me to come this weekend. Jesus, thank you that I have friends. I don't know what it is, but just let's thank him for the gifts that he has given us. You can thank him. Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Jesus, thank you for who you are. So just let's, my three things to thank the Lord for today. If you haven't written down three things, go ahead and try to write those down. so thankful for your gifts for your rewards we're thankful for your presence we're thankful for your nearness Jesus we are thankful that you call us son and daughter we are thankful that you provide for us Jesus thank you for those that you have surrounded us with that will encourage us Jesus thank you that we woke up this morning and that you hold our lives in your hands that we are breathing right now at this very moment that our life is from you Jesus, may we be a people that recognize all of your gifts, that have worship in our hearts as we have gratitude for what you have given. Okay, the next section here is confession. So I wanna read, this is the verse I I talked about earlier, but I didn't read it, but I wanna read it really fast. And Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near to God with sincere hearts and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from our guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. This idea of us being able to enter into the presence of God is because of what Jesus did on the cross and that we, having our hearts sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, it means that we can be forgiven of our sins and redeemed. He he doesn't hold our failures against us when we come and we confess those things to him and we give them to him and we repent, meaning we turn from our ways and we say, no, Jesus, I really don't want this anymore. I repent. Not sorry that I got caught. I I repent that this is in me. I repent that I've done this. Jesus, I give this to you. And I am forgiven by you, and so I want to take time every day and real simply to say, "Okay, Jesus, yesterday, did I fall short in any way? Today already, have I? Have I? Is there anything I've done?" And we have—I have here uh, Psalm one thirty-nine twenty-three, but twenty uh, verse twenty-three and twenty-four says this: "Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. You test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me." And lead me in the way of everlasting. So this is just us saying, okay, God, would you search us and know us if there's any offensive way in me? And then I want to repent of that. And it's because of your blood that I am forgiven. I am redeemed. And and all I have to do is come and lay that before you and repent of that. And I am forgiven. This is, so, so for a little bit, this is God examining you, not you examining you. So this is you saying, God, would you reveal to me where I've fallen short? Not just a time for you to to be self-critical and be like, oh, I hate this about myself and I don't like this about myself. No, no, no. Listen, God loves you more than anyone else on earth loves you. And I want you to know that you, okay, the Bible calls us the bride of Christ, okay? Um, If any of you talk negatively about my bride, then we got beef. Okay, we got problems. If any of you talk negatively about Amy, then, then I'm not so happy with you. But guess what? If Amy talks negatively about Amy, then I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that either. Okay? Because I'm like, I love you. Okay, we are the bride of Christ. He loves us. He's not looking for you to be negative and critical about yourself. Okay? He wants to say, hey, let me reveal to you, let me give you conviction. This word conviction means this this revelation from God of places that we have fallen short or if there's any offensive way in us. So this isn't time for you just to like, oh, woe is me, I'm so horrible. No, 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 it's God, is there any offensive way in me? Oh, I want to get rid of that. And would you do the work to forgive and get rid of that in me? So let's just take time. And and God, is there any negative emotion? Was there any negative attitude? Is there any pride? Is there any lack of love? And we admit that we are wrong and we say that we turn from that and we ask him to come and fill us and redeem us. So let's just take the next few moments and just in a time of confession before the Lord. God, search me and know me. Reveal to me any way that I have fallen short and I want to turn from that and I repent of that. You don't have to write this part down. You can Holy Spirit, would you reveal to us any way that's offensive, anything we have done, morning we receive your forgiveness we thank you for your salvation and that our sin is forgiven through your blood on the cross for your dying for us we are redeemed that you do not hold it against us it is as far from you as the east is from the west as we give this to you Jesus we want to be like you so God we do ask that you would uproot any part of us that does not look like you we want to live like you, love like you, act like you, respond like you. So, Holy Spirit, come and fill us again. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you are the great Redeemer. Okay, here's what we're gonna do for the next, the last two parts that are on your on your handout here. No, okay, I want everybody to stay in the same mode, okay? Nobody move, nobody get up, n- nothing. But we're actually going to go off and do this part by yourself, okay? And we want you to, to uh, go out and, and spend these next 30 minutes just alone with you and Jesus going through reading the scripture and praying the Bible, okay? And so uh, so everybody, everybody raise your right hand. Everybody raise your right hand, okay? Now quietly say, I, DSMite, promise you, Dan, that I will go spend time with Jesus. I will not go take a nap. I will not jump off a cliff. I will flirt with nobody. But I will spend time alone with Jesus. So what we want to do is as you go, uh, you're going to go out from here and I want, nobody get up, nobody move, okay? I'm going to dismiss you here in a second. I want you to leave quietly, Okay? Uh, and and find a place to get alone with Jesus. And then we're gonna, ladies, you're gonna be back in here. Nobody move. Hold on, hold up. I'm not done in here. So ladies, you're gonna be back up here at 11. Guys, you're gonna meet at the gym at 11, okay? So here's what we're gonna do in this next part. I have, I, I just wrote down praying the Bible, but this is really where we read the scripture. And so I want you to, to walk through this. And and this is, you don't have to do this every time, but today, let's just try this just for fun, okay? So I have this scripture right here, First John 4. Okay, and so uh, 7 through 10. And so what I want you to do is I want you, if, if you have your Bible, you can read it out there or if you don't, you just read it right here. And what you're going to do is you're going to take time and you're just going to read it. And I want to encourage you to read it and then read it a second time slower and then go back a third time and underline words or phrases that stand out to you or circle things or bold them or however you want to do it. Put a star next to things that, that stand out to you but actually take time So, so read it three different times. Okay? Then what you're going to do is you're going to write it in these, in these lines that I've given you or in your journal. And you're going to write it kind of in your own words, in how you, how you feel like the scripture that stood out to you. Just, you're going to write it down. And it's kind of, it's going to be your own message version. It's going to be your own way of writing the scripture. And you're just going to write that down. And then, so you, you've, now you've read it three times. And then you write it out. Then I want you to say it. And I just, you just kind of say it back to God. And you just, you, you, you actually activate so that you can hear your words with your ears. And again, it's something about saying it that's it's different than just thinking it. And it, it helps us remember and helps us think about what it's really being said. Okay, then you're gonna do this really crazy thing, but you're alone, so it's okay. And you're gonna actually just take little phrases from that scripture. And I want you just to start to sing them and just put, put a little melody to it. And you're like, but I'm not a singer. Great, Jesus loves that. The worst of a singer you are, I think the more he delights in it, okay? And so you're going to take, and you're just going to, little phrases or one word or two words, and you're just going to say, uh, you know, dear friends, let us love one another. And you're just going to start to sing. And this is, gonna, this is just to show you how much Jesus delights in bad singing. You're just going to be like, Jesus, you love me. Help me love other people, you know? And you're just going to start to sing it, okay? And what that does, anybody ever get a song stuck in your head? Yeah, right? I don't know why. Music is so powerful. Song and melody is so powerful. And as we sing it, it's going to help get it in you. And so that throughout the day, you can actually keep singing those phrases. So you're going to take time. And you don't have to sing through the whole thing. You're just going to sing little phrases, little ideas of of what has come alive to you. Then, after you've sang it, then you're just going to pray it. And you're going to ask this, okay, God, how can I implement this in my life today? And you're going to pray that, okay? Okay. And so then that's the praying the scripture part. That's the studying the Bible part. That's the part that whenever you spend time with Jesus, make sure you don't leave out the Bible. That's a really important part. You can change. If you don't like this method, that's fine, but don't leave out the Bible part, okay? And then the last part is I want to encourage you just to pray. And so uh, I've given you just a quick little prayer list. And if you just take one minute on each of these and just praying for yourself, then praying for your family, then praying for DSM, then praying for your school, Praying for our nation and then praying for the nations of the earth. And you'll just take one minute on each and pray for each one of those things. And then when you're done with that, at 11 o'clock, ladies, you'll come in here. Guys, you'll go down to the gym. Okay? So let's go ahead and quietly leave. If I could have the leaders, DLA leaders, if you could stay meet right up here at the front. Everybody else, let's quietly go out and spend time with Jesus for these next 30 minutes. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life.